I think today's winner should get a prize of some kind. Like a gift card? Yeah. I mean, I'd like to have my own brand of gift cards, um, <laughs> you know, just in case you need something to think about. <laughs> so you can bestow blessings in uh, JP Morgan crisp bucks? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Presented by Mercedes Benz. And it's not some kind of like, you know, Bitcoin or whatever nerd shit, USB stick, Bluetooth. Crisp bucks are paper currency. Oh, oh, like, like it could dissolve in the washing machine. Man, it's archival print. So the winner gets one... Chris Buck. Nah, man, it's more modern than that. Chris Bucks start at a full stack. There is no one dollar. No one would rap about having just one Chris Buck. You cannot make a money phone with just one. You're talking into it like it's a phone. Is that the amount? Of, that's a. Is that a money phone? Yes, that's a money phone. And I suppose that, like in a. Uh a fixed exchange where you enforce your own capital controls and you could explore a policy of uh, like devaluation rather than depreciation. Oh, no, no, no. There's only appreciation, bro. <laughs> Maximum price stability. You caused me to black out for a second there. Let's do some millennial research. I need a coffee. You're listening to Public Announcement. I'm James Ellis. And I'm Chris Black. Mike's a little hot. Is it? Yo, 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 yo. I think that's better. Do you feel qualified to conduct a millennial survey? For sure. We're millennials after all. We're not core millennials. We are fringe millennials. As I understand it, to be a millennial, you you have to be born between like 1980 and 2000. So that put core around what? 1990-ish. People born when Encyclopedia Britannica was still being printed, pre-OJ, Clinton was on the sacks, Cold War, all that shit, man. The Ellis household had the full Britannica collection, by the way. Of course you did, man. Cheryl Ellis is a master educator, and that's just a classic tool of the trade. Hey, what's up? How are you guys? Let's do a iced coffee. Can I get a quad iced almond latte? And a pretzel croissant, please? Yeah, a little room would be great. What's your plan? Oh, it's Miles Davis. Yeah, which is rude. Which is rude, all right. Yeah. Like, who knew you could put a delay pedal on a trumpet? You know, it's wild. <laughs> Public announcement research suggests that core millennials are uh, 1988 to 98, right? Yes, fringe millennials like us, 80 to 88. And late millennials would be 98. Late millennials, a.k.a. the greatest generation by Tom Brokaw. <laughs> so we have Carson, Mitch, Rachel... Amar Deep, um, do we need more millennials? Oh my, come on, man. Four millennials seems pretty scientific to me. I, I think we're good. <laughs> okay, we're here at Diamond City. Mics are, are up. I think we're ready to go. Wi-Fi is popping. Let's situate. Situate. The listener. Situate public announcement global listenership. Like everyone, we find the millennial generation to be fascinating. For many reasons. They're the most important consumers. I mean, that that's uh, always the case with 18 to 24-year-olds. The formative consumer years. That's the age where you form brand loyalties, figure out what you like, and how all that shapes your identity. Exactly. Like, if you're a monster energy drink, you <laughs> might get to become the Coca-Cola of the future. Right. So you're completely focused on selling young people. You got to, man. You got to. The corporate dream is that when the youngs become olds, hopefully... Hopefully you get to that monster energy drink. Nostalgia for green liquid. Monster. Coupled with the brand promise of goons diving out of choppers wearing flying squirrel suits on or, you know, whatever. Monster. I know it seems preposterous, but I don't know, man. It seems the same as an endangered species drinking a soda. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> At the North Pole. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's strange. We're talking about Americans 
who came of age during a key point in history, the Great Depression. Of 08. The Great 08 Depression, as uh, as well as the, the quote, war on terror, but then pulled themselves up by their bootstraps and went on to build, um, you know, the, the modern America that we live in today. Well, I mean, I guess that's true. Unlike any era Americans have known, millennials are united by communication and innovation, redefining how we balance ideas of rugged individualism alongside the collective concerns. I'll talk that talk, fam. Killing me over here. Like every generation, millennials are occasionally misunderstood by those that came before. The olds. Right. The the media sometimes mispronounces the meme generation as the as the me, me, me generation. It's all about the me lennials. That's the rugged American individualism bubbling to the surface. Nothing is more American than my own fire tweets. Yet at the same time, this generation is more connected to the world. All the information from all time available always. By default, the world is bigger than Conyers, Georgia. Everything is New York City now. That's why I live here. <laughs> well, let's see what Corlennials think. Let's tell their story. Let's be their voice. <laughs> All right, so what is your name? My name is Amardeep Singh. Rachel. My name is Carson Williams. Uh, my name is Mitch. And how old are you? 25. 27. 23. 24, male, New York City. Also my Tinder bio. Yeah, where do you live? In Soho, in New York City. I live in Brooklyn. I live in Brooklyn. Where were you born? In Ohio, Dayton, Ohio. Uh, I was born in New York, raised between Long Island and South Florida. I was born in Wilmington, Delaware. New York City, Queens. Reppin' fam. Yeah, few OGs left. All right, were your parents married during most of the time you were growing up? Yes. Are they still married? Yes. Okay. Whole time. They were married before I was born, and they're married now. So I guess that's rare now, yeah. How do or did your parents make money? My mom is in human resources and my father has always been in some capacity of sales. Um, my dad, he's a military guy, so Air Force. I uh, did 30 years and then he also worked in the public sector. He's a consultant, so whatever that entails. Initially, when I was a kid, my dad was a taxi driver and my mom just worked regular jobs and now they own their own company, kind of doing business shit, like apartment of building shit in New York City. So anytime you're building a building in New York City, you need a permit. They do that. They help people get permits. My father works in public relations, and my mother is an executive coach. Oh, really? Ooh. Yes. <laughs> Shit, sign me up, man. Did you go to college? Yeah, I studied psychology. I did. I went to Hunter College, um, uptown. I did go to college. Where'd you go? School of Visual Arts. I went to Penn, Donald Trump's alma mater, <laughs> and I studied English and art history. Do you think older people should pay for you to go to college for free? Um, do you mean my parents or anyone at all? Anyone who's older than I am? <laughs> like uh, older Americans, you know, should they be footing the bill for younger people to go to college no. for free? No. No. Uh, I don't think I'd say for free. If they'd help out a little bit, I'd appreciate it. <laughs> I think you shouldn't sign up for anything that you can't pay for. But my perspective is probably a little different because I went on a full tuition ride. There should be a portion of everyone's taxes that goes towards funding everyone's education. Similarly, um, should you as a younger person have to pay for old people to sit around for like the last third of their life? Mm, probably, yeah. <laughs> but the older people wouldn't pay for, for you to go to college for free? No, I don't think so. I just like the idea of you taking care of your own finances. That kind of tax policy I do agree with. I'm just like, everyone should just kind of fund everyone else. You got to take care of the old people. You're fine with the idea of chipping in. Yeah, absolutely. As long as they chip in with the young people. I mean, old people raised our parents. I like my parents and most parents in general. So you got to, you know, pay them for that. They're, they did their work. 
So the the childless. I'm a father. So you gotta help him out. Everyone should get a little bit. I'm a father too. Oh, okay. I disagree. Childless. Uh, fuck. Fuck out of here. And I long to be a father to you. Have you personally ever had a magazine subscription? Yes. Do you have them right now? No. Um, I used to subscribe to Vogue and the New Yorker and Harper's Bazaar and I think Town and Country. Mm, that's my, you know, Town and Country is my favorite magazine. Yeah. The readers of Horse and Hound will be absolutely delighted. But now I actually like to go to the newsstand and pick out what I want to read instead of just having it sent to my house. I have one in my lifetime history and that's right now and that's Bloomberg. This guy. Yeah, right. It's for the art, it's for the design though. The design it is fire. out with the design, but I'm actually genuinely in economics. So that was my major in college. Was it? Economics and media studies. Fuck media studies. But economics <laughs> is wild and interesting. I have. Do you have them now? I've never paid for one, though. They tried to swindle me into one, and I, like, swindled it back. <laughs> what, what magazine? It was a whole yeah, package, a package thing. Yeah, it's door like, to door. as soon as you... No, not at the door. It's like, as soon as I probably got a cell phone, I got a call, like, do you want Cosmo and Teen Vogue and Women's Health? And I'm like, I don't have a credit card, so you can't get me there. Like, I knew those type of rules really quickly. They were coming so often, and Cosmo was, like, so inappropriate <laughs> to my mom for me to be getting, like, when I was in college, she would hide them, so no one oh. else... And throw them away. And I'm like, why are you throwing away my free magazines, mom? Like, what the heck? I want that. I didn't sign up for it for nothing. Uh, I think I had a Thrasher subscription at some point, a Rolling Stone subscription, definitely AP. Wow. And uh, what was that skateboarding little magazine that you would get a subscription to? Do you know what I'm talking about? CSS? Oh, CCS? CSS. That's CCS. a catalog, though. <laughs> yeah. That's a subscription. It comes to, it's, it's, it's in the mail under my name, man. That's a catalog. I read J. Crew every month, cover to cover. <laughs> so, all right. Is, is the idea... Of a personal music collection important to you? Mm, not quite. Um, I've never really thought about having a personal music collection, to be honest. You just want to listen to it. You don't care if you own it or not. Yeah, because I'm not thinking like that record I listened to when I was 18, I really want that. And if I want it, then I can find it. I don't need to like have it in my records. I can just go get it. I think the idea of a personal music encyclopedia, like a base of knowledge is important to me. Not, you don't need to own all the music. No. I still have CDs with me and I've moved around a lot. Even though I, I strive to be some type of minimalist, but not really because I want to have everything that I feel I need to have. Yeah, and CDs fall into that. CDs like, fall into that. It's like if I have to move all of this stuff, I will carry my CDs up six flights of steps and some DVDs too. I have a physical media collection, but I also stream a lot, yeah. So you do both? Yeah. So do I'm you, not one or the other. Yeah. Are you buying vinyl? Yes. Oh. How do you decide to buy something? on vinyl is it because uh there's something special about the artifact how do you get there so i've i've actually gotten made fun of about the way i buy records i don't buy new records i don't see this i don't think there's a point in buying new music on vinyl that seems dumb to me but i'm very much willing to buy like old used records where the music means something to me or the artifact of the record itself is cool but like i don't have a list of what i'm looking for i kind of will just go to the record shop and see if anything catches my eye i think that sounds good to me so i have friends who are like no i buy all my music i buy like the new oh. diplo vinyl and you know it's like buying vinyl is stupid but if you're going to do it, yeah. that's the way to do it. Okay, I'm <laughs> glad you agree because yeah. I've had people like, no, dude, that sounds dumb. Just buy a new vinyl. It's better. It's also like $40. It's crazy to It's me. wild now. The price, I mean, the packaging, it's very nice. Like, people do it right, but I still don't need to buy it. Well, the best is when they still have the original price tags on them that you see how much they cost. <laughs> original price tag for like $3.99. Like, I'm paying $30 for this record yeah, right now. Yeah, that's that's uh, inflation. As a follow-up to that, how much of your identity is wrapped up in the music that you like? Yeah, I would say that what I read and what I listen to and what I wear are kind of a holy triumvirate. Those are the brand pillars. Yes. <laughs> 
pretty much only listen to rap and hip hop right now and for the past few years. I don't know how accurate this would be, but I feel like most people in my generation, or at least in my circle right now, are into techno or into some alternative type of house shit that I'm not into at all. So anytime I go to those functions, like last night, I was at one of those functions, it was like, what is everyone doing here? Yeah. <laughs> I generally feel like if my life feels like a music video, I'm in a good place. Mm, I think I should adopt that line of thinking. Uh, I don't think my identity is wrapped up in the music I like, but I definitely judge people for their music taste. <laughs> but I, I don't think my personality or ethos comes from the music I listen to. Do you collect anything? I would say that I collect clothing. Records, books, and matchbooks. I kind of collect rocks, which sounds Wild nerdy, but like just places that I travel. Tell me more. <laughs> Tell me more. Not like a not not a genuine rock collector, but if I'm traveling somewhere that's like kind of wild, or if I'm like in a pretty naturally beautiful location, like I was in some river in Slovenia, it's like all right, let me find a cool rock so I can put this somewhere and think of like okay, cool, this is a cool little rock from a place that I've been, and that and like I have two of these, so I don't know if it's collecting, but little jars of water from the same kinds of locations. So I was in this weird national park in Japan, and then also that river in Slovenia. Both of which I was like, all right, I should like just bottle this up, see if I can bring it back. Um, I try my best to collect money, and that's that's like all I can really focus on. Later, when I have the money, then I might collect like passport stamps. Does cable TV matter to you? Yes. Why? Um, because it doesn't really exist anymore. <laughs> <laughs> So you're not untethered. You are tethered. You have cable at your apartment. I don't have cable at my apartment. Um, But, you know, I don't really, I don't like like Netflix. I don't like like streaming TV shows because I feel like there's no sense of impatience with them. Like you can just watch as many as you want and there's no commercial break. And to me, an intrinsic part of watching television has always been that there's an advertising break and that I'll be infuriated and want to get up and leave, but I won't. So it's like the fast part. And then there's the, the mosh part. Exactly. Does cable TV matter to you? Not at all. No chance. But do you watch TV? Not at all. No. Not on your computer? No. I don't Netflix. I don't Hulu or anything like that. No. You don't have any of that? No. I grew up without cable. Really? So, yeah, I grew up on an 80-acre farm in Dayton, Ohio with no cable. So it was a conscious decision by your parents to not let you have that? Oh, yeah. We really tried to get it. My brother and I are, like, trying to connive our way into cable. And we would come up with reasons why. Like, mine was just, you don't want me to be left out in these conversations. Yeah. So you, like... So you don't have it now? I don't have it now. So how do you watch things? I'm a Netflix, Hulu, like... I also love to marathon things because I work a lot. So if I'm home or if I have a couple days off, I'm really trying to make this into a staycation. I try to get chores done during the week so that I can marathon some shows and really get it in. No, cable. I, I have a laptop. I don't need a cable box. Did you grow up with cable TV? Yes. And I bet you watch it every day. Oh, I'm sure. On your laptop, you're watching stuff that is on TV. Definitely. Um, what are your favorites? <laughs> uh, I know you hate Game of Thrones, but Game of Thrones is there. Trash. Game of Thrones is tight. Mr. Robot is also trash, but tight. <laughs> Reruns are tight. Do you play video games? I do. No. No. Polishing those rocks, man. Yeah. <laughs> no time. I got no time yeah, for that. No. On that Shawshank. <laughs> Just scheming. Where's the nicest rocks in the city? Rocks. Rocks. So I'm a rock hound. So I tried picking up video games like recently because I played that shit in high school. And, but I only would ever play sports video games. And I tried playing that, I think, for the first time in a while recently. And then once the dialogue stopped between us of just like, oh, look at that shit. Like we were playing Madden or some shit. Once the back and forth stopped, 
I was just like, oh, what am I supposed to, like, this is not fun anymore, but we're not going to talk for like 40 minutes straight nonstop. We're just playing. It's like, all right, maybe I'm just past this point in my life. I used to play Madden football. <laughs> what age did you shut that down? Um, I guess like towards the end of high school. Okay. The only video game I've ever been dedicated to was The Sims. That's it. I have two brothers, so I played them for sure, like Mario Kart. And like my brother and I had to plant a field of collard greens to earn. <laughs> you think I'm kidding? <laughs> to earn our Nintendo 64. My dad could have gotten it for us, but he was like, okay, you want this? Go plant a field of greens. And we went door to door selling them bushel by bushel to his friends. Whoa. Yeah, it was intense. Damn. So I definitely played the Nintendo 64 a lot. And when I see the purple, like. Brings you back? Yeah. I just got a roommate who brought a TV and a PlayStation, so I have whatever games he has. Okay. All right. So there's no, none are personal to you. No, no, no. Why do you do that? Just to check out? Like, just chill? I definitely played games a lot as, like, a younger teenager. I was into gaming, never in any, like, competitive or serious manner, but as, like, a way to disconnect uh, and, like, space out. Sure. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, questions uh, about... Religion. All right. How important is living a religious life to you? Not at all. Not at all. I'm not religious at all. Religious? Not the top of that priority. I mean, I do wear crucifix around my neck and I have a cross tattoo behind my ear. But it's more about like the value system and the faith, I guess. But if by religious you mean like constantly attending church or some sort of like physical spiritual center, like not that important, but I think common decency is something that I think about. If that's the case, like how is it possible that you know the difference between right and wrong? I go to Soul Cycle. Okay. <laughs> I feel there's no correlation between right and wrong religion. Like you have your own moral code? I think it's more of a socially dictated moral code than it is a religiously book dictated moral code. Um, but I did also go to Catholic school from what pre-K to eight, and I wasn't Catholic. It was just the only nearby school that wasn't a shitty public school in my neighborhood. I have moral values. I don't think, I think they probably come from the religion I was raised around, but I don't, I think you can lead a good and healthy lifestyle without organized religion. Do your parents understand what you do for a living? Sort of. And what is it you do for a living? I do public relations for Vanity Fair. Uh, yeah, at a, at a high-level concept, they're aware of what a copywriter is. Well, Toto, I guess we're not in Kansas anymore. I've had an active job over the past few years. I just can't figure out why you'd want to go off to New York when we got everything here. Try and explain to them. Something I have to do, Dad. Did you pack an iron like I told you to? Um. You're going to walk around wrinkled in New York if you don't take an iron. But... They don't think they understand to the extent that any of my peers would understand. Where it's just like, oh, you do some design stuff for some app thing. Or it's like, oh, you're like making clothes for like people on the internet. Or you're making books for random people. Or you're making art for random people. But it's not like, that's as far as it would go. I see. Who'd you okay. give them to? Oh, just people on the internet? Okay, it's just like people on the internet is where it ends. That's it's a base like, level. It's like, like you're, there's people and then there's people on the internet. It's more that as long as you're not doing something stupid, if it makes sense and you can make it work, then they're behind you. Mom, there's a whole world out there. I mean, big, exciting. I got a nice small apartment lined up. I got a, got a great job. We'll make lots of money. If it makes dollars, it makes sense? Pretty much. Okay. 
So what, what is your idea of a real job? And is that important to you? Flexibility is really important to me. Do you have an idea of what a real job is? And is that important to you? I do have a sense of what a real job is, yes. We gotta be bold. That's oh. my point. We gotta build. Absolutely. Build. And it is important to me. What is a real job? A real job is a job in which you're making an amount of money that seems appropriate to your responsibilities. I haven't thought about the definition of real job outside of, I don't know, maybe Monday through Friday, nine to five. That's how I've defined it in my life. That's not really important to me. But the important part is what you do with the money that you make during the nine to five. If I can just do the cool shit that I'm trying to do in that time frame and somehow make money off of that, obviously that'd be preferred. A real job? Is that like when you're not a freelancer anymore? No, just what does it mean to what does that mean to you? Like what do you consider to be? I think if you have a, a steady paycheck and can responsibly cover your finances, you have a real job. Okay. And is that important to you? Yeah, paying my rent and paying my bills is definitely important to me. How important is being successful in a high-paying career or profession? Um, I don't really care about it being a high-paying uh, profession. But I do care about being successful in an influential profession. Not very important at all, because that, that kind of entails like a long commitment and a long game in the field that I'm in. Um, so it's more about doing just what you want all day. Kind of, and that sounds super selfish. It, it just, it's not... In my head, it doesn't feel entirely necessary anymore to just like trudge along a career for a long 25 years and reach a point of seniority that I'm like stoked with the income. I'm just like, whatever. So how much money would be enough? In a high paying career or More like profession in general? Making a lot of money is very important to me. I really want to out earn my parents, okay. but that's not really the goal. I just... I don't know. You just want to flex. I want told, yeah. <laughs> now, when I come back to Kansas, coming back in my own jet. I told my mom this the other day, and this is, I'm being a jerk, but I want for like when I go to my 10 year high school reunion, I think this is a Drake line. They're like, I will pay for everything. I'll get you guys the best of the best, but you have to go through security to like come in here. <laughs> Everybody have to go through security clearance. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Just a complete flex. That's it. I like that. It's I, my I, motivation. It's like up there. It's not my top priority right now. I mean, as long as I'm covering rent and can, you know, go out to a nice restaurant every week, I'm I'm pretty content. I was just curious, given your age, if there is some number that floats around in your mind as like sort of the dream number. Annual. Annual salary. What is enough? I guess I think less about a number and more about the fact that I'll never make as much money as my parents. Because of because of what you've chosen to do. Um, no, I think no matter what I'd chosen to do, um, and it's not because my parents make some exorbitant amount of money, it's just that I feel that for people my age, like, it's not possible to make a ton of money unless you do something in, like, Silicon Valley or work in banking. If you're actually looking at a chart of people's happiness, there's a certain level that it reaches before it starts declining, and that level's around seventy five, eighty thousand dollars $80,000 for one person. So if you're making that much a year... Before that point, you're like, oh, I want more money, I'll be more happy. After that point, you make more money, you're not actually as happy or less happy. Have you made that much money? And is that how you're... Oh, no, I've not come close to making that much money. Um, that is like a loose target. I don't have like a definite target of I need to make this much money in my life. So is that target based on that New York Times article? Or is this like, uh, have you really like spreadsheeted it out? How did you arrive at that? I have a target. That's from some whatever, some study that I heard about in a roundabout way. So it's like... 
the $70,000 number. And yeah. There was a few others that tried to argue different numbers, but I feel like that's become an idea that people are hanging on to, this idea of that being the goal. Yeah. I think in part because higher salaries are more difficult to attain in, a, in an economic climate where no one's been getting raises really for 10 years. Right. I feel like expectations maybe have realigned, like maybe uh, a different generation would be like, I, I gotta make 100, man. Or maybe in New York, I gotta make 200. Yeah, I've never had that desire to just like ball out at a regular job. Like if I'm balling out, I want to do it in a cool way. Not just like, oh yeah, I work this office job and make 200K. Like, cool, I'm just still working this office job. I'm not necessarily doing So cool if shit. I had an office job that could pay you $200,000. Oh, I'm not turning it. That's <laughs> not what I'm saying at all. I'm Yo, hold saying, up, fam. We're talking about targets here. In the field that I'm in, particularly right now, design in a startup world, it's not that hard to make 70K or more. That's like kind of a baseline average salary. The average designer makes like 82K or something. So I'd agree with that. That's like more than enough for me, especially as an individual, like just a bachelor in New York City. That's enough to live on and enough to like pursue the projects that I want to do. Mm. Living the dream. How much would I have to make to be comfortable right now? Like what would your goal, what is like a goal weight? I, I don't know. Really? Yeah, it's never been a, th like as long as I'm doing enough to cover my own bases, I'm never thinking about, is this enough? Does that, well, does that mean it doesn't play into how you think about the future? As long as I have a job in the future, I'll be fine. But it never ends. Like, you, you'll, annual salary, I don't know. I don't have You don't a have, number. like, something, like, no. in your mind? I want to be, like, I'm very realistic, so I want to be, like, progressively as comfortable as I feel I should be and then, like, get way ahead of that in a normal-ish type of way. I don't have any type of okay. number. You don't okay. think lightning's going to strike and you're going to be rich. You no. understand there's a process. Although my uncle has been struck by lightning three times. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I'm not kidding. That's so when Benjamin I see Button it, shit. I'm like, oh, my God, don't get me. That's, don't it's stand in my near blood. Him. Don't stand near him. Yeah. What are your thoughts on renting versus owning? Um... um. I prefer renting, but I like being able to sort of like change where I'm living. I feel like my thoughts might be a little different from most because I'm from here, but I like want to own a house in New York at some point just so I can have a base here, not an apartment in Manhattan or Williamsburg or anything. I just want to have a house in Queens. Um, my parents own their home and they're like going to build a home soon, I think, if that works out. Um, so I'm definitely going to have that as a home base to always come back to. And that's nice because that's just the neighborhood I grew up in. That's the house I grew up in. Seeing my parents come from like zero to a hundred more or less, like taxi driver and regular job and now they like own properties and shit. It's like tight to see that whole, that whole process full circle. It's like, all right, like, I don't know if it's necessarily a rational thing for me to want to own a house, but it's cool to see that my parents came to a point where they can own multiple properties. So I want to have that for myself for the same reason. They're just like, damn, they came and made it. Like they came and had nothing and made it. I want to kind of do the same thing, except I'm not coming from nothing. Owning is the goal. But renting, depending on where you live, is the more realistic option. We live in New York, so owning here, it's like we're not even thinking about that. So. Does it feel out of reach to you? Does it feel like insurmountable? Yes and no. Like if I decided to go down that path today, I would not do it in New York. It would be possible elsewhere, even, you know, in Georgia or whatever yeah, the case yeah. is. It just seems like something that's for later for me because that's how I look at things. But it's something you're interested in doing. It's something I'm absolutely going to do in multiple locations. 
okay. on multiple coasts. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, I'm with you, man. I'm with Continents, you. not coasts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I definitely want to own a home at some point. In New York or wherever? Uh, you know, wherever seems. New York's definitely the coolest place to own a home, I think. Sure. Uh, but it's also the biggest flex. So I own my home in New York City. Do you have any tattoos? No. Uh, yes, I do. I don't, but I do want to get one soon. What kind of tatty? I want to get something that's done in intervals. So I have a, a loose target goal for an end piece, right? And I want to get work done on that end piece oh, I see. every X amount of And it has to look good throughout the whole months process. or years or whatever. So it's like kind of a, a way of measuring time. But it has to look semi-finished at least through the entire process. It's not just like, oh, yeah, this will be done in 2040. It's more. You, so you don't want just stuff you pick off the wall or anything like cool, no, no, cool have, stuff like like I mean I don't know just some of my cool colorful stuff. You yeah, know? I love that CD on the on the wall. Can you imprint that CD in my body for the rest of my life? No, I have ideas for for general things I want it to be like and just scenes that I've seen in real life and photos that I've taken like aspects of those. There's one person on Instagram that I think is super tight, um, a super tight tattoo artist from South Korea. It was like, all right, cool. If I get a tattoo, eventually when I get a tattoo, I want it to be by this person first because I really follow their stuff. Yeah, I have two. Uh, the behind your ear? I have one behind my ear and one on my side, and it says Faith. Classic girl tattoo <laughs> spot. That well, pop. I just wanted, I want invisible tattoos pretty much. Yeah. This is my rule. When I first started, I'm like, in my wedding dress, you will see nothing. Okay. Yeah, just That's easy, too. Skin. That's an easy, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I always have long hair so the one behind my ear doesn't really count unless i <laughs> nothing like a high pony to really everything is a flex is travel important to you yeah like how important well like i don't want to go to like tulum right now or anything <laughs> but um but i think it's fun to go somewhere that's not new york <laughs> couldn't agree more <laughs> Especially being from here, I feel like just being fucking trapped in the bubble that is New York City. You got to get out, otherwise you're gonna lose perspective on what the world actually is. Travel's super important. Okay. I just got back from a pretty cool trip with my fam. So you—that's something you put a priority on. Yeah. Do you do big personal trips, or are you saving up for trips over a long period of time? Not really. I kind of set goals of places that I want to go, and then I just see them materialize in my life. <laughs> You gotta see the world. It's important. I'll know I make it when I can travel and never have to feel like I'm roughing it where I'm going. Sure. Do you want a family? Yeah. 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 Turn yeah. up. Six kids, I think. I haven't had kids yet, but you know. That's where your head's at. That's where my head's at. Okay. Um, With the right money only, though. You cannot, no broke babies. I just don't even, I personally was not a broke baby. No offense to, to them, but, you know, it's just not the goal. Yeah, I do want a family. This is me at 23 saying at some point I want a family. I'm not going to know what I'm going to say in 10 years. Yeah. If you had children, would you be concerned about them using the internet? And at what age would you allow them to do whatever the fuck they wanted on the internet? I don't think I would really be able to control that by the time I would have children, which could be, you know, in the next decade or whatever. But um, using the will be so intrinsic at such a young age that it really won't be possible to control, like when someone gets on Facebook or is looking at a screen. Concerned about them using just devices with fucking screens attached to them because I don't want, 
I don't want a four-year-old that's only going to cry until I give him an iPad. That's like a harrowing thought to think about anytime I see that in public. It's scary. Yeah, I would probably, I mean, just knowing what the fuck I did as a kid and only with no checks and balances. Like, 13 is probably a good age. Past 13, you can, like, have free reign, do whatever you want. Lawless. Just, like, don't charge any porn to my bill. Yeah, porn's free, man. We all know that. Um, get auto-charged to the t- dial-up bill. <laughs> like, oh, it's 19.99 for this one site that you visited this one time. I was like, oh, shit. I'm gonna be weird about stuff like that because I was raised by people who are really weird about stuff like that. But um, my parents, we always had computers around, so we weren't cut off by any means, just the cable thing. But you're monitored. Monitored, sort of. I don't think my parents really fully... I don't know. They didn't know what was behind they that did, door? They though. They gave us a lot of leeway, I guess. If you can say that's a lot of leeway to not have cable, but have the internet <laughs> in, like, 2000. Well, I mean, arguably, the at that stage was more... Um, but it was just so slow. You could find out a lot more than watching TV. I found out more um, in real life than from any other source. Um, so I would try my best to keep that true for my kids. For instance, our computer was um, out in an open space. That was a classic yeah. move. Uh, I'd be I'd be mildly concerned only as a kid who grew up on the and the things I might have stumbled upon. You know what's out there, so you're concerned for a, a youth. No child of mine will spend any time on Reddit. Like. <laughs> fair, fair. I mean, do you think they're, like when you were a kid, though, were you given free reign at like a certain time, kind of a certain age? I had free reign, but the computer was in the kitchen, so your parent could always see Ooh, what was going on. Time. My parents did that, too. The computer being in a public space, they thought would fix. It's like, you go to bed, motherfucker. Even, I, even when I had my own computer, my, the monitor was facing my door, so my parents could walk by and see. So do you feel like humans should be allowed to live anywhere they like, um, provided that they pay uh, whatever the taxes are and contribute to the local economy? Yeah. Yes. Um, no. (laughs) I think that's part of, like, like earning your place in a place. It should be a little bit challenging. Yeah. Do you feel that people should be allowed to move to the U.S.? Definitely. Yes. I think that we've made it too challenging. Ah, okay. So, on the balance of it's a right or it's a privilege, where are you? I would say it's a right. As long as you're not obviously coming here to try and blow shit up, come on in. Do you feel um, that people should be allowed to move to the U.S.? Yes. I know a lot of friends that are trying to do that and actively reject it. And it's, it's a bummer to see that. Do you personally feel lucky to be born here? Yes. And <laughs> US, U.S. passport is by far a golden ticket in the world. Um, do you feel lucky to have been born here instead of Canada? Yeah, I mean, Canada's a funny example because Canada's got some things figured out more than we do, but... Yeah, but they have a little... They know they're not in the best place. Um, I feel like it's ridiculous, but yeah, so I guess I would say I feel it's lucky. Some days. I'm also, like, black in America, so there's that. Some days. Most days. I mean, it's like, I love America. I feel like I'm just... It's a challenging place. It's a disappointing place, but I love it because it's mine, and that's where I'm from and where everyone in my family is from, but it can be disappointing. Do you think America is the greatest country in the world? (laughs) No way. No chance. What do you think of um, the people that would vehemently disagree? You know, in some states, you can get arrested for saying that. Oh, well, fuck them. Like, (laughs) 
anything that anyone feels that terrific about, like it comes from a place of defensiveness, I think, of like fearing that what they believe may not be true. And so they need to be more passionate about it. I hadn't thought of it that way. No, me neither. Most of the time, we're not at our best, but us on our best day, we are the best. And we're the youngest. Like, look at what we do with no time under our belt compared to other, like, civilizations. Uh, Did you vote in the last presidential election? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I did. No, I did not. Why not? Because it's New York City. It always goes Democrat. It's a waste of time. I don't want to come off like that. It's not a waste of time. But in New York State, it's always going to be Democrat unless there's, like, a shitty Democrat that's running for office. Uh, in the past 12 months, have you contacted a government official? No, I have not. Um, only for a date. <laughs> have you contacted a government official? Yes. For sexual intercourse? Has that been a previous answer? No, I was just asking <laughs> you. Because you seem like the guy that would tap his foot under the stall, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> no, I have no imperative to contact a government official. They have no, they don't give a shit about what I think. No at mentions? Nothing? <laughs> <laughs> I probably added Bernie Sanders. So that, that's not relevant to, I might have said like, fuck you to Governor Cuomo. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I think I did do that. <laughs> fuck Cuomo. He's like, it's like pretty straightforward. <laughs> So now we're going to move into the really fun pop quiz portion okay. of the Summer 16 Millennial Survey. Cool. Um, this part is scored. Uh, there are right answers. If you choose wisely, you will hear. But if you choose poorly. Meaning that you got that shit wrong. But I get a trophy either way, right? Absolutely. This is, yeah, you're a millennial. You get a participation trophy. You know how this works. These songs were unavoidable, but it was earlier in the internet, so I think it spread a little differently. We're 33, so, you know, not that much older than you, but in 2016 time, that's like... An eternity. We're pretty sure you won't be able to answer any of the following questions correctly. Pretty sure. Yeah, but maybe we're wrong. Maybe you'll be able to recognize the, the following song selection. Songs that were very popping when we were your age. You might be thinking, of course I won't know the music of James and Chris's formative New York City young person going out all hours of the night experience. I mean, of course I won't know. That may be what you're thinking. But that's a new way of thinking. People our age know every song ever released until we were like about, you know, 24 or so. Name a song recorded before, say... 2004, we know it. I'll probably own it on CD. Yeah, as an example, every human on earth knows. Because it was inescapable. (laughs) And and similarly, the pop quiz tunes we're about to play you, like, they were all totally inescapable. Um, But this is it. After these songs, that ended. Honestly, you ask any music person, and they will confirm that now people listen to their own shit. And it's amazing. Shared musical experiences are pretty much overrated uh, for mainstream music especially memes are the best but just as an example Metallica is definitely trash a great national sadness yeah so do your best yeah are you ready okay you're only going to hear a snippet of each song it's it's a lot like song pop cool but when you're listening just imagine that you're exactly the same age that you are right now but <laughs> uh, but living in New York City okay. Cool. Okay. Uh, which you already do uh, but not as yourself um, but as us okay cool <laughs> And imagine that the New York Times hasn't yet discovered the word millennial. Right. 
That's a new invention designed to get Goldman Sachs excited about their future customers. <laughs> cool? Cool. 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 All right, let's get into this. Is that enough? You got it? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, a little more, a little more. Still nothing? I mean, I've heard this before, but I can't tell you what it is. Famous producer, producing team? <laughs> no. That's it. The Strokes. Great. All right, moving on. This one's a little trickier. <laughs> nothing, no? Nothing. Mm. All right, so one of we're one of three. I was watching with one eye on the other side. I had 50 people telling me to move. I got moving on my mind. Yeah, it's the white stripes. <laughs> Just to be clear, in my life, I only try to shoot for a little bit above 50%. Okay. That's what I'm going for. Sounds like Susie and the Banshees. But it's Karen O's band. But I can't yeah. remember the name of the band. <laughs> I know that's Karen. Full credit. That's yeah. full credit. Okay. All right, so you did pretty good, actually. And I'm, right. I'm worried about some of our other contestants today. <laughs> so I'm, I'm happy that we let off with somebody who got above 50%. Yeah. Great. We really worked to try to find the right combination there. Late nights on Apple Music. What's Apple Music? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're warming up, warming up. <laughs> I have no clue what the fuck this is. <laughs> no clue. It sounds like the kind of thing that would have been popping, but I have no idea. No, no, no idea. Um, I'll give you a hint, James Murphy. It's not James Murphy, though. I don't know who James Murphy is. Oh my wow. Okay, all right, we can cut this off. Mm. Shut down, shut down. You have a much better chance here. <laughs> no, I don't know what this is, but it kind of sounds like a killer song, which is wild. Like, Wait, this is, this it sounds like the killers? Yeah. This does not sound like the killers at all. Oh, no, it sounds like the strokes. That's what I'm saying. Okay, all right. Yeah. You got it. There you go. It was, it was the strokes. It was the strokes. It was the strokes. But hey, who's on trial? Tight. I know this song. Ooh. It's just whether or not I'm going to remember the name. We're rooting for you, fam. We're rooting for you. I want to see you win. It's guided by voices. <laughs> is it is, actually? Is this on a four track? <laughs> no, this is not guided by Damn. voices. It's it's Interpol. Oh, really? Okay. So you know why I know this song? I think it was either on an NBA or a Madden soundtrack like that, in 2004. Hell yeah. Yes, that, it probably was. I've heard this song. I have no idea what it is, and I don't like it. Let's let me give you a hint. It's two people in the group. Can you run it back? <laughs> All right, there's just two of them. There's a, there's a man and there's a woman. They're they're either married or brother and sister. These clues aren't helping at all. All right, the, all right. the man lives in Nashville now. 
Everyone lives in Nashville now. <laughs> like, it sounds like it could be big today, right? No, not really. <laughs> I disagree with that statement. All right, all right. <laughs> Don't be nervous. This literally doesn't matter at all. Don't, don't, don't. There's no, there's no money at the end or grade. This kind of defined a sound for a while. Here we go. Oh, it's lit. In my mind, I'm like, just let's just wait for it to really come in. I'm like, no way. No way. No way. No way. Now, would you classify this as some white guy shit? No, it's like funky, you know? Okay, all right, all right, fair enough, fair enough. Because I would classify this as some white guy shit. So I mean, part, part of me wants to say, but when I really <laughs> think about it, it's like, it's clearly, it's funky. You could get into it. Okay, all right, all right. Here you go. No idea? You, you got nothing, do you? No clue. <laughs> And this is some white people, like, <laughs> headbanging, like, headbanging. going crazy I, on the drums. Actually, like, I would say that this, th this the Strokes. I don't even recognize the name. The Strokes? Though. Like, the Strokes? The Strokes, no recognition. I don't know. I, I, no, I pre yeah, I appreciate it. Because it's the same. I mean, this is just, the way this works is you could do this to me, too. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, yeah. that's how oh, this works. Sure. Yeah. You could definitely do it to him. Yeah, harder, with it, harder with me. Harder. He's a little more challenging. Harder but I mean, me. anyone can do this to anyone at this point now. Where I think before, there was a lot more of a shared musical experience. Whether that's good or bad could be debated, but you heard the same shit on the radio. We're all getting it from the same place, you know? Yeah. And now we have, we're left to our own devices to find whatever we want. All right, we'll go to, we'll go to three. I'm, I'm, I'm praying for you. <laughs> This is like beachy. The beach? <laughs> I'm in my bikini. My guy has a six pack. What's up? Chilling. See, I just think of this as like New York weirdos. This is like and definitely like with rollerblades on, <laughs> like on a boardwalk. This is like dark bar cocaine Heck music. No. That is what that is, though. That no. is like what it was. Cocaine, but on a beach. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so serious. I'm like moving. Like, so I'm you like, like that? I don't one. not like these. Sure, you just don't know them. Yeah, All right, that no. was that was Interpol. Ever heard I've of heard them? of that. Okay, interesting. Them, and I don't know when to say like him or them. Or sure, like, sure. Well, no, that's not. Their name doesn't give away any of that. Yeah. Doug Interpol, <laughs> Mr. Paul. <laughs> oh, this is like song pop. You got to really know it. Here we go. Would you call this country? No. Okay. This is like. Yeah, what'd you think? What'd you think? This is like somebody remade something that's Motown originally. You know oh, what I mean? Oh, they, they would like, probably think that's a compliment. That was the white stripes. Yeah, guy. that is a compliment. That was the white stripes. In an American type of you way. You know the white stripes. I know red stripe beer. Do you know? <laughs> but I don't even like beer, so like even that's a reach for me. There's a really big cultural divide going on right now. I agree, I agree. No, I agree. That's the whole point. <laughs> I don't think it's an age thing though right now. I think it's like a... 
total black and white. Like, I think we just I, don't listen to that. But that—that's what I'm saying. But what I—but that's the whole point, though, is that this was popular music. Yeah. Like this was. Especially, there's a New York City dimension to it. There's a New York dimension to it. And there's yeah. also, don't get me wrong, like black people were not listening to this okay, shit. Don't okay. don't get me. I'm not trying to say. Okay, cool. I just mean it was ubiquitous because it was being played. Yeah, so I would much. have heard it. You I would have recognize heard it. it like, Especially during the MTV era, these were the most popular artists. I would say. Well, also there's the whole cable thing for me. I probably oh, yeah, would true. recognize some of these, but like. Do you want to play the last one or you just want to let it go? No, don't quit on me. <laughs> I only say that because this is the hardest one. I would it say. really is. This one, I'm, I would have known the artist, but otherwise. Not, not, not familiar at all. No way. All right, all right. But could you see, like, being in New York at yeah, some weird club? Yeah, this is like Gaga's. You know. Interesting, interesting. Very true. Very true. Uh, have you ever heard of Susie and the Banshees? <laughs> are, are you a Gaga fan? Mm-mm. Well, I feel like the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs, this band, as well as Lady Gaga, both lifted a lot from this other woman, uh, Susie Sue, Susie and the Banshees. So it's kind of in that universe. It's interesting to hear what people who don't recognize yeah. it relate it to, because a lot of times it's right. I mean, all of the music now is like very sample-driven. It's just a remix culture. It's like you, all the sounds have been made, so now it's just new combinations. Yeah. There's only so many sounds left. No, well, agreed. if I may... Back to the thing about, like, when would you introduce a kid to the internet? The main thing that scares me about that is I remember at some point when I heard about this feeling that everything has been done before. And, like, when you go on the internet, you'll see that. So, like, don't take your ideas to the internet too early. It'll ruin them. That type of stuff is what I would worry more about than too much exposure for a kid. I just don't want their creativity to be stifled. Yeah. I mean, because something could be done uh, so much. it's Yeah, but you can always reinvent the wheel. I'm trying to do it every day. Every day. That was not a good score. In fact, I would say that was a, that was a zero of or, five. Or if you look at it the <laughs> other way, it's a hundred percent. So I always get straight A's, baby. All American honors, right here. All right, all right, all right. I really appreciate where your head's at. Okay. I think you're actually correct. You're owning it. I think you're actually more correct. <laughs> New scoring system. Was that enough? No. <laughs> Uh, I think Erin Ellis would uh, gotten that. I think on Song Pop she would have had it. You know, she's really got it like Name that. that tune. Yeah, yeah, right, so give our we, man three more seconds. Here, here, here we go. That should have been enough. That should have been enough. I mean, it's, it sounds like LCD sound system sound alike band. That's so disrespectful to the culture. That is the strokes. Do you know? The, all right, do you know the song? New York City cops because he right. just said it. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I've got a strokes test for you. Oh shit. <laughs> Alright, here we go. <laughs> Can you at least narrow by record? No, because I had it all mixed in iTunes. I didn't know which came out first. <laughs> uh, oh, so it's take it or leave it. Oh shit, dude. Come on, man. Oh. Fuck, we need... Where's Jim Nicholas when you need him? I know. All right. Is that Birdman or Designer? Combo. (laughs) The Chris Man. Oh, 
<laughs> okay, I've definitely heard this song, but I do not know who sings it. Oh, come on, that voice. I, uh, I do not remember the name of this band for the life of me. They're clearly not relevant enough anymore. <laughs> All right, let's see what we can do here. Uh, White Stripes. Oh, yeah. shit! All right, flexation. I was an angsty teenager when that when that album came out. That was a very uh, angsty album when it came out. Yeah, no, it was. All right, well, I think I he... was wearing a hoodie in Florida. <laughs> That's how mad you were. Oh, dude, yeah, uh, it's 100 degrees outside. I'm still wearing my my Billabong hoodie and, <gasps> and looking upset. Am I supposed to cut in? Yeah. Yeah. At what point do you know it? I mean, I knew it, it's yeah, yeah, yes. I knew that pretty quick. Okay, okay. Were you a fan of the AS? Uh, I think I might have attempted to shoplift their album from Hot Topic at the local mall. <laughs> you sure? I wasn't. Yeah, I'm not a diehard. I was never a big fan. That, I mean, do that when that no when the song Maps was everywhere. Everyone was a fan. Well, that's the bet that we were talking about. That. That's the the pinnacle. Do you have any uh, any thoughts on maybe the you know what led to a uh, a yeah yeah yes? Who who opened the door for the A? Like, what do they sound like basically? Like, in particular, like in, as far as front women. I mean, there's, yeah, I don't have any immediate answers. Nothing comes to head. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. okay. Well, uh, you're, yeah. No, your voice changes as you lean all the way back in your chair, Chris. Well, I got, I got more condescending as a little back. Yeah, professor, yeah, professor yeah, Chris over here. It's interesting. You got to keep continuity going. Oh man, that was um, you know, super interesting. There was stuff I was expecting, and then there was a lot of other stuff that I had no idea what was coming. I agree. There were some surprises, and I, I was most taken with the kind of the commonalities between all four of them, considering that they're all spread out and, and their backgrounds are different, et cetera, et cetera. I thought that they would have been more pissed about having the media world attacking the idea of being a millennial. Well, they don't care. They're millennials. Let me let me fall onto my laurels here and just say, haters gonna hate, man. Yeah. And and if you're part of something and your life is good and everything's going well, you're not concerned with what a newspaper is calling your generation. But I think sometimes the newspaper makes it seem like, oh, these millennials are uh, so sore about their lot in life. Their take on it seemed very different than that. Definitely. I think we all have reasonable expectations here, and we're doing it. That's what I heard. No, I did too. I thought it was uh, a very mature and kind of um, unbothered, I would say. Yeah. Is, is a good way to describe it. I'm a little shocked at the lack of respect for the rapture, um, but that's, you know, that's a personal thing. I didn't, also didn't know it was possible to not know who the strokes are. God bless you. The age range of millennials is wide, and we can all be classified as the same thing, but have very different thoughts and kind of um, tent poles that we look to is interesting, and I think that makes me even more of a fringe millennial than I thought before.
You're listening to Public Announcement. I'm James Ellis. And I'm Chris Black. We'd like to thank our guests, Carson, Mitch, Amar Deep, and Rachel. We'll link them from the site. This week's episode was produced by Jim Nicholas with editing and mixing by Paul Phelan. Thanks to Diamond City Studios for having us. Studio's looking nice, man. (sighs) A lot of history in this room. You're right, man. I mean, it's just like... Wow. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Passion Pit. Um, Philip Glass. A savvy fav. Wow. Wow. I mean, there's a lot of history in this room. Wow. Like deep breaths, <laughs> just like. <laughs> wow. <gasps> A lot of history in this room. Wow. Oh my God. Wow. <laughs> wow. A lot of history in this room. I don't know why it's so funny to me. I think it's so funny.